Welcome to The Savvy Innovators, presented by BMC Software. Your host for the program is Bonnie D. Graham. This program will help guide you to look at innovation in your business as an effective means to a more impactful digital future. Find out how innovative technology can make a difference for your enterprise. Now, here is Bonnie D. Graham. Bonnie D. in the house. I have to tell you, I love the music the BMC team picked for this series. This is wonderful. This is episode number two. We are live. Brand new series. I'm so happy and privileged to be producing and hosting the show for BMC. And a shout out to Stephanie and Janelle and Hannah. I'll give their last names later, who are the team behind putting this all together. We have a hot topic for you. First of all, I want my guests, I'll introduce you in a second, but I want you to wave hello to LinkedIn. We are streaming live. This is what makes it so extra exciting and we're also broadcasting live on the Voice America Business Channel. So AR, VR, my goodness, if somebody doesn't know what those mean by now, I don't know where you've been hiding, but let me give you a little background, a couple of quotes, and then we'll get started. The future of innovation in AR, that's augmented reality. If you don't know that, write it down. And virtual reality, that's VR, is not restricted to the metaverse, the mobile apps, and the games. Oh my, this may be breaking news. Enterprises, and we're talking to you, our global business listeners and viewers all over the world. Enterprises like yours can now tap into this emerging technology to drive business value. That's what it's all about. Interact with your employees and customers in new ways. New, fresh, exciting, yes. Enable your sales teams to immerse their clients in environments to interact with a product. Oh my goodness. You can train your employees in new scenarios. You can even envision new factories, process changes, gather and visualize operational data. And here's the kicker. You can make the impossible possible. That's where we're going with this. Let me level set just quickly. There is a difference here. AR, technology that superimposes digital information over your view using a device like a smartphone or a smart tablet to enhance your experience with the environment. That's augmented reality. Virtual reality, a little bit different. It's a technology that occludes your sight and puts you in a virtual environment through a headset. I have one. I won't tell you which brand, but it's very popular and they're going to go up in price very soon. A head-mounted device It's still kind of clunky and heavy, but it works, called a VR headset. Everything you hear, everything you see is synthetic. It doesn't exist, really. The goal is to immerse you fully in a different environment. Now, let's talk about what companies are doing. More than 150 companies in multiple industries, including, and here's an impressive statistic, 52 of the Fortune 500 are testing or have deployed Right, Rob? I see Rob nodding. I'm testing or deployed AR, VR solutions. That's from Deloitte Insights, and I have something from Goldman Sachs Forecast. The market for AR and VR in retail, and we know there's a huge market there, will reach $1.6 billion by 2025, and here we are just past the midpoint of 2022. However, however, there is danger lurking in them, the AR, VR hills. One of the biggest perceived dangers of augmented reality concerns privacy. There's that word. AR collects a lot of information about who you are and what you're doing, and it's more than it's collected on social media networks. So it's boundary-pushing technology, but accessibility, sustainability, and that big P word, privacy. Eric Anderson, wave hello. Eric Anderson at BMC is with us today. Rob Petrosino at Peak Activity. We're going to learn about your company. And Ofer Baharav at Villa. Hello, Ofer. We're going to ask them for their insights on AR versus VR in the enterprise, the art of the possible, and I can say making the impossible possible. 
possible and exciting. This is exciting, guys. I think it's really exciting. I own a VR headset and I have been to places I will never get on a plane to see, but I'm enjoying them. I've, I've traveled undersea, seen thousands of fish. I've traveled with the turtles. I've seen animals on the plains of Africa. I've watched climbers in the Alps. It's, it's just amazing, but I don't have a business case. I'm doing it for pleasure. So let's go around the table and find out who our three esteemed panelists are. Why are you here? What's your passion for the topic? And what makes you an expert in this? Eric Anderson at BMC. Welcome. I'm putting you on speaker view. Tell us who you are and why are you here? Eric, Thanks, welcome. Bonnie. Um, so I, I'm, I'm a technologist, right? Just through and through. I love technology. Um, tearing it apart, figuring out what makes it tick and kind of putting it back together again, right? I've, I've been building software most of my life professionally for about the last 30 years. And uh, currently I run BMC's Cortec Innovation Labs, where uh, among many other things, we, we focus on next-gen technology, things like AR and VR, quantum computing, blockchain, machine learning, computer vision. Um, we, we see how we can apply these technologies to BMC's kind of core competencies and help change the game, right? And for AR and VR, it's all about transforming how our customers can interact with our solutions in a new and different way, right? Take this, this creative medium that we have here and solve some enterprise scale problems, right? Um, we're doing a whole lot of work in this space and I'm, I, I'm, I'm really excited to be here and being part of your panel today. So thank you for having me. Thank you, Eric. It, it is an exciting topic. And I was telling Stephanie before the show and when, when we started putting this together, I have a lot of business shows. I don't think we've ever covered AR and VR in the enterprise like this. So this is very exciting for me as a technologist and as a host. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. Rob Petrosino, you're up next. Please introduce yourself. We want to know what peak activity is and why are you excited about this? Welcome, Rob. Yeah, thank you so much, Bonnie. Really appreciate you having me on. So I, much like Eric, am a futurist, if you will, right? I'm constantly looking up and out at technology. Started way back in college. One of my uh, college uh, projects is actually hosted in a German art museum, specifically focused on video games. Um, so since that time, I've been working with corporations at the C-suite level to figure out the strategy revolving around emerging technology. Uh, manifests itself very well in my role with Peak Activity, which is a digital uh, acceleration company that can help organizations at any stage of their journey. Uh, luckily, I get to take on all the futuristic tech and emerging technologies. Uh, I'm really building out you know, bespoke, scalable solutions uh, for uh, our, our partners. Really, what we lean into is driving ROI, whether it's efficiency or increasing order value. But ultimately, uh, my goal is to make sure that we understand uh, a really, really fine use case and who is going to be using the experience and why. And there are a lot of who is going to be using, and there are a lot of whys, aren't there, Rob? A lot of whys. That's what Absolutely. makes it so exciting. And you know, there was a word, gamification, that entered the work environment several years ago. People said, oh, if you want people to learn new processes, change management, teaching something, getting people on board, you got to gamify it. Do, do they listen? Do they listen? Do they hear? Do they, what is their sensory experience where they in the input information the best based on on their personality their persona gamification was the answer so now we're saying bring in the excitement of ar and vr into the workplace thank you eric thank you rob ofer baharav so happy to have you here very excited you've got a brand new company you're going to tell us a little bit about it ofer welcome and go ahead Thanks so much. So uh, my name is Ofer. I'm a CEO of a company called Real VR, uh, producer of Villa. 
And Villa is a popular uh, virtual reality uh, platform for creation of, of uh, metaverses. And apologies, I <laughs> I had to wake up. My, my schedule for sleep is completely off, so I had to uh, really make some adjustments for this show. So thank you so much for that. Um, the, the short of why I'm in this is I've been in communications platforms for the last 25 years, predominantly B2B, but also B2C. Uh, the, the, the impetus here was uh, a book, well, a combination of the Oculus uh, dev kit that was sent. Um, many of us probably <laughs> have tinkered with it. I was, I was one of them uh, early on, uh, uh, followed by a book that I read uh, by Professor David Passick, who's a futurist that predicted the Ukraine war, basically, uh, to the dot about 12 years ago. And when I read that, I was just so wild. <laughs> Obviously, it's, I'm even more wild uh, years later in, in a very uh, uh, unfortunate way, of course. But uh, he's a futurist, and there is such a thing. There's a science like that that really impressed me. So yeah, that's what got me. There's a, a, a leaf in his book that talks about how VR actually makes people more intelligent in a lab, empirically. Uh, that caught my attention, and here we are today. Uh, so yeah, we'll get into that, uh, into the topic afterwards, of course, but very, very passionate. I'm sure everybody here is about uh, futurism and where this is all going. Thank you very much, Ofer. Um, very interesting. You said you were one of the early. Did people get Oculus headsets in the mail? Was there, were there tests? I missed that. Why wasn't I on that list, Ofer? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure you who said that, but uh, you don't have to answer that. That, that certainly would be a great idea. Yes, I, I think so. It would have, would have been nice. The 128 GBs, gigabyte uh, versions of Oculus are very hard to get, and, and messages are going out. Price is going up. Get them now. You got, you got to really look for I just gave one to my son for his birthday. Very grown-up boy. <laughs> Running a company. I said, you need a VR headset. There we go. Tell you what, let's move on to the part of the show where I've asked my guests to send me a quote from a fictional character in a movie or a TV show or a song lyric that has absolutely nothing to do with AR and VR. And I can't imagine any song that does have anything to do with it or, or any. Well, there might be a couple of movie characters who do. But anyway, let's see. And they're going to relate the quote they selected to the topic. Can't wait for this. Eric Anderson has sent us a quote from Spoon Boy. Nobody's quoted him in a couple of years on my shows. Rowan Witt, W-I-T-T, was the young actor who played him. Speaking to Neo, played by Keanu Reeves, the movie, of course, The Matrix, 1999 sci-fi action film written and directed by the Wachowskis. I'm not going to go through the whole scene other than Spoon Boy is one of a handful of potentials privileged to study under the Oracle. That's all I'll say. If you haven't seen the movie, I haven't. I will make time to see it now. Here's the quote. Do not try and bend the spoon. That's impossible. Instead, only try to realize the truth. And here's the quote, Eric Beck. There is no spoon. Then you'll see. This is not the spoon that bends. It is only yourself. It's a fabulous scene. Eric How'd you find this one? And what are we bending with AR and VR like we don't know? Go ahead. Hey, well, look, it wasn't hard to find it. I mean, The Matrix is probably my favorite movie of all time. As a technologist, I'm sure you can understand why. If you haven't seen it, I highly, highly recommend it. It's a, it's a fun movie. Um, there is no spoon is, is a quote that Spoon Boy is, is telling Neo about in order to ground him in reality, to remind him that what we are experiencing or what they were experiencing in that world is all digital. It's all ones and zeros. Um, you know, what they see doesn't exist. What they feel doesn't exist. What they're hearing doesn't exist. It's all ones and zeros and your, your physical body is off in a different location. I, 
really can't think of a more relevant quote when we're talking about augmented reality or virtual reality than than this particular quote because I, I do believe that you know in the future um, you know we we're going to be blurring the lines more and more and more between the real world and the digital world and uh, uh, Neo uses this quote again later on in the movie when he's trying to ground himself and remind himself he's about to do something very very dangerous and remind himself that what he's doing is just in his mind and he's not really, really doing it. His body is, is safe. And, you know, I think, uh, I think in the future, more and more people, as we blur the lines, you know, between digital and, and reality, more and more people are going to have to try to pull themselves back out in a, in a similar way. So I think it's a very relevant quote and, and absolutely comes from my favorite movie. So it wasn't hard to find. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I'm glad it wasn't hard to find. It's a, it's a super quote for this. You're absolutely right. Thank you, Rob Petrosino. has picked a quote from P.T. Barnum, played by Hugh Jackman. He's speaking, I found the scene, Rob. He's speaking to the bearded lady who's about to go out in front of an audience. I did find it. The Greatest Showman is the movie, 2017. It is a biographical musical drama film, American movie, uh, directed by Michael Gracie, directorial debut, blah, blah, blah. Hugh Jackman, Michelle Williams. Rebecca Ferguson and Zendaya, lots of original songs. In 2017, do you know that they premiered the movie aboard the RMS Queen Mary 2, Rob? That's where it first, and then it was released in the U.S. um, 12 days later. Okay, there we go. Here is the quote. This is interesting. Trust me, they don't know it yet but they're going to love you. When I saw the scene, I I didn't know whether to laugh or cry or say, OMG! Rob, I have to ask you, how did you find this one? And what does it have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, fantastic movie. Uh, One of my favorites, uh, just as far as showmanship goes and uh, presentation of different ideas and really overcoming uh, windfalls. I think it's a fantastic movie. But more importantly, focused on AR, VR. I think it AR and VR becomes one of those uh, technologies that really needs champions, that needs people to go out and advocate and tell people that they may not know that technology yet, but once they go through it, once they try it, once they build a use case around it, once they find the right area, they're going to love it. Uh, and they're going to love it even though they don't realize it yet. Uh, and if they do realize it, they may not understand why. Uh, they're not moving towards it in a lot more faster of a way. So I think uh, really the the Hugh Jackman character saying this to someone before they go out there is, is a lot of what I say uh, to a little project, a proof of concept when I go into a C-suite is, is really, hey, they may not know what this thing is, but once you expose them to it, once they understand it, once they understand what impact it has on the user, they're going to fall in love with it. We hope so. And, and we hope that enterprises that adopt will find a way to get the, the customers, the employees, the stakeholders, anybody who is being told this is the wave, the future is here, we're doing this, that they will find a way to love it. It's still hard to wear the headset, but once you get into there, wow, I got to tell you, I picked up a landing room on Oculus that is just phenomenal. I go there and it's like I am literally in another world of pink crystals that rise and fall out of these lakes in the room and they rise and they fall 
And you can't help but letting all your cares, all your troubles, all your worries just melt away. It's so beautiful. Ofer, I'm up to your quote. I'm dreaming here. I love this topic. Ofer has picked a quote. This is a very serious one from Dr. Robert Ford. Little Birdie tells me that Westworld is one of Ofer's favorite TV shows. American dystopian sci-fi neo-Western television series started in April 2018. Dr. Robert Ford is the co-founder and park director of Westworld. He's played by the wonderful Anthony Hopkins. This is Westworld season two, episode eight, Kiksuya, K-I-K-S-U-Y-A. I'm going to read the quote over and you got to help us dissect this here. He says, we can't define consciousness because consciousness does not exist. I'm going to stop there and let you finish that over. I want to hear you. I don't want to sit here and read. I want to hear you talk about it. Go ahead. Sure, sure, sure. So, uh, so, <clears throat> so humans fancy that there's uh, something special about the way that we perceive the world, and yet we live in loops as tight and as closed as the hosts do, seldom questioning our choices, content for the most part to be told what to do next. So <laughs> I, I, it's a controversial quote for sure, because we, I think, are having a hard time indeed defining what consciousness is. And, um, but to me, th this, this thing about humans living in loops and the, without giving too, away too many spoilers for those of you who have not yet watched Westworld, which I highly recommend, um, there is the hosts, and the hosts are not human. So, and, and there's a lot of similarities between the two. And the question, the high-level question is, you know, what is this? What, what is virtual reality? And are we in one? Are we in such a situation? I mean, is it, is it that hard to imagine if this is the rate of advancement, for example, that we built this in the future, maybe, and we're just kind of like, I don't know, actors inside it? I don't know. There's no proof to that. But I love that, that concept. I love that thinking. And I love that looking back and forth between what is consciousness and what is reality. Thank you. What do you think? When, when we go in, do you think there's going to be a new level of, of a separate personality on VR when we get there in the enterprise and people can say, well, I'm, I'm in my VR mindset as how I'm approaching business? I, I should ask this question to everybody, and we're going to get into this in a second, but do you think that it will change the way people bring a persona, a personality to their work. We remember we used to develop business personas in sales, if anybody remembers in marketing and you had examples of the person, what did they look like and where did they grow up and how tall were they and what did they like to buy and like to read? Do, do you think this will, will create new personalities? Over, I'm gonna start with you, just a, a one minute answer around the table, then Eric and then Rob. Do you think this will change the way we, that conscious yeah. unconsciousness, yeah. First okay. of all, I, first of all, it definitely has changed a lot. The dynamics here are completely different in in VR. Uh, uh, to, to the to, to the positive, to the negative. The neg there's always both ways of looking at things, right? And on the negative side, is it it allows people to troll when they're not in a in a fully photorealistic avatar because they feel like they're hiding behind it. You just change your ID, and boom, you're somebody else. On the on the benefit is you can be anybody you want. Okay, interesting. That was a, a quick point. You can be anybody you want. And your logo says, "Be a superhuman." I want to be a. <laughs> I want to be a super Bonnie D. Some people tell me already. Am, you already I'm are. Not, I don't you think I. Are. I'm on my way. I'm on my way. Eric Anderson, what do you think? Will this change the personas of what people bring to work? They'll be there. I'm here. I'm sitting at a desk, or I'm on Zoom. Versus, I got my headset on. I'm. I'm a different character at work. What do you think? Yeah, I, I think it will. Um, I think that eventually we're going to have lifelike representations of ourselves. So changing your personality can happen, 
uh, sorry, your persona can, can absolutely happen. Um, but I think in order for this to really take off in the business world and kind of change the dynamics of how we interact instead of on Zoom or on somewhere else, I think, I think we're going to have to have much more lifelike, realistic representations. You know, some of us talk with, with our hands much more so. You have gestures. These are all uh, types of communication that, that really uh, will benefit once we have the ability to really represent ourselves truly in the digital world as well. So while you can, you know, in, in certain situations, change who you are, I think in, in entertainment situations and experiences and what have you, in the business world, I think people want to be who they are. And uh, they don't necessarily want to be an avatar. They want to, you know, <clears throat> talking to those people, you want to have all the interactions. And I think that's, that's going to be critical. Thank you. Avatars is a whole other topic. We don't have time for that today. Wow, is that another. Rob Petrosino, what do you think? Join us. Uh, yeah, I think that there is a distinct possibility that people will want to change who they are. I think that when you think of uh, prescribing yourself to be the uppermost elite version when you head into a meeting so that you are crisp, clean, clear, concise uh, on your thought and messaging, I think that there's a lot that can be done there. Um, do I think that it'll happen relatively soon? Maybe. It depends. There's a lot of technology that needs to hear uh, come out, but I agree with Eric and Ofer. Uh, there's good and bad, and there is uh, personality adjustments that will have to happen across the board. Thank you. And that wasn't something we were going to cover, but I was so curious I had to ask. So forgive me, Stephanie, Hannah, and Janelle for veering off topic a little, but I think it's really on topic because business is ultimately about people, right? And the question is, who are we as people if we're in our conscious, unconscious? Oh, for there you go. Let's go to our formal roundtable now. Plenty of time. We're actually ahead of schedule, which is great. Eric Anderson, I put into the chat for you statement number one. I'm going to read it. It's very short. And I'm going to ask you to unpack it. Then the fun begins. Rob and Ofer, I want you to practice sitting on the edge of your chair because I'm going to ask Rob first, right after Eric is done. Well, agree or disagree with Eric. And then Ofer, I'm going to give you a chance to agree or disagree with both of them. And Eric, I'll have you wrap it up. By then, Rob, I will have picked one of your statements and put it in the chat for you and we'll go around the table. So Eric Anderson says the following, AR is just ramping up for business use cases. This is interesting. He says it's very similar to the internet in the early 90s. Historically, when a new technology emerges, if just a few industries really embrace it before you know it, there's an explosion of innovation and probably a lot of me too, me too, copycat, copycat. I want on board. Where's the bandwagon? Eric, talk to us. <laughs> sure. So if you, if you think about it, those of us that were around in the mid nineties and the early nineties, um, largely you had businesses starting to embrace the internet. They were brick and mortar traditional companies, right? And they wanted to build out this kind of digital presence. It was pretty much informational, you know, back, back in the day. Um, and then over time, you have a lot of creative minds starting to understand the potential of this new thing called the Internet, right? And started to see where, what the future looked like and where businesses could go. And then you started to have an explosion of businesses that were born in the Internet, created specifically for the Internet. If you think about the AR and the VR world, um, we have something similar going on. I mean, right now, the industry that is... Um, you know, mostly dominating the AR VR space is the entertainment industry. And that's okay, right? Um, the experience-based industry overall, 
you got a lot of common use cases, use cases we've been talking about for years and years and years. One that I heard long, long time ago, hey, it's going to be great if we can sit on the 50 yard line of the Super Bowl in VR and then be able to experience it. Uh, you know, this is something we talked about, you know, uh, five, 10 years ago. The headset technology wasn't quite there yet. When you when you tried it out, it was still a little bit blocky. It still didn't you didn't feel like you were there. Right. Um, but now the technology is catching up. And uh, what we're seeing is uh, is a lot of creative minds going, well, what can I do? What kind of businesses can be built in the in the, the metaverse, in AR, in VR, not just I'm going to take an existing business and I'm going to have this digital presence in the metaverse. But what can we do with this new technology that we just couldn't do before? That's that's what's about to happen. Thank you. Very exciting. What can we do with this new technology in our business? Interesting. Dive in. I could see new teams. I could see a new seat. <gasps> the chief VR person at the C-suite. Make the table bigger. Rob, join us. Agree or disagree with Mr. Anderson. Go ahead. Agree. Uh, I often refer the AR VR current state as the beeper stage for cell phones. Uh, everyone's making a beeper. Everyone knows that personal communication is possible, feasible, but not everyone's there at cell phones in everyone's hands. So I think we are 100% in the early stages of the technology. Uh, it is only going to get lighter, faster, uh, less dependent on the, the hardware and software that's going to be around, and even more focused on experience. Uh, and then you see the rollout of 5G and 6G, et cetera. So it's even going to accelerate even more. Um, so I think that there are some that are embracing it wholeheartedly diving into to different use cases. Like uh, you said, 52 out of the Fortune 500 are already starting to play in this world. So there's even more uh, that's going to come on board. And then you look down the food chain as far as the scale and size of organizations, uh, there's even more that are playing in this space. So yes, we are in the early stages. There's a ton of different ways that you can apply to an organization. And I really think uh, that the more forward thinking that you're able to look as a, as an executive or even an individual within an organization, the more you're going to lay the foundation for the future that is quickly approaching. Future's almost here. There you go. Ofer, love to get your thoughts. POV, agree or disagree with either or both. You're up. Yeah, of course, I agree with both Eric and Rob. And uh, I'm not sure what, what else to add. They've, they've said it pretty well. Do, do you want me to like expand on something or? Yeah, yeah. I want I want to know what you think about uh, how fast it will be adopted, uh, about use cases. You don't have to go right. to specifics, but what, what do you think? Is this is it early? Do you agree that it's early or if 52 out of the Fortune 500 are doing it? Is it already the, the foot's been put into the pool and, yeah. and it's not early anymore? And anybody who so, waits six months? will they be laggards talk to me right. about that so yeah i definitely think that if there ever was a real fomo it should be right here because there are uh savvy innovators uh, not to <laughs> use a pun here uh for the name of the podcast but there are um you know amongst us companies here that have the kind of caliber of uh, forethought and vision to be able to match our experience today with where we're all, all going and very, very much rapidly. So we're ready. So right now we're early days, as both um, Eric and Rob mentioned, we're definitely early days, but the early adopters have a leg up uh, and a huge one. Just as an example, uh, Accenture, you know, they're taking this uh, matter very, very seriously. There's a host of companies here that uh, are, and, uh, and, 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 but I think one thing people are noticing also is that, you know, there's a time for everything. And, uh, 
you know, it, it feels to me like it's a great time to get started, but not to try to do everything and cram it all at once, right? I think it's also been, been covered here. Just, you know, focus on little things that matter a lot in this medium. We can get and expound and double click on this more with things like stand-ups or happy hours, experientials, uh, and not necessarily, ah, oh, let's just do all the brain crunching right here on that word. Just use word. Hey, it already works. It works great uh, on your Zoom. So, for example, right? Like you have to adjust and you can't put, uh, you know, the 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 white in front of the horse, right? You have to do one, one thing at a time. And so this is the right time for this, for, for, for light activity. But but if you're not in there, it's going to be too late for you soon. That's what we were looking for. Who wants to comment back to Ofer? Eric, this was your statement. Rob, did I see you raising your hand there? Did you want to say? No, okay. Eric, no, want to wrap this up? Sure, sure. Um, so I want to, I want to wrap it up by by just kind of giving you a little bit more of the late '90s. Think about where we were '99, 2000, 2001 with the internet era. This this boom of companies that came out. We call it the dot com boom, right? This boom mm -hmm. of companies that came out. Um, they were all over the map as far as how we can take the internet and apply it to the next level in, in, in business overall. That's what's about to happen in VR. When these guys talk about, uh, hey, we're kind of at the early stages of it, that's exactly what I'm talking about. In the next, you know, in my opinion, four or five years, we're about to hit the, uh, the dot-com boom cycle for AR VR. Interesting. Can you three imagine reading a want ad for a help wanted, employee wanted, new position opened? Come and join our team. Part of your workday will be wearing a VR headset, exploring new innovative ways to help our customers. Let's say it's a product company, a consumer product, help our customers immerse into this product and try it out virtually. You'll be part of that design team or come to work and know that every Friday, instead of giving you a beer, we'll give you two hours and we'll give you this brand new headset to just use in the office or wherever you are. And we're all going to go into this massive room and ideate or be used the word used to be brainstorm. They don't say that anymore. So yeah, I know, I know. We're going to ideate, everybody ideate. Anyway, can you imagine what the response would be to job postings that said that ARVR is part of our corporate philosophy, ideology, practices, come be part of a team that's using this to create. I'm, that's a whole other show. I'm sorry, Stephanie and, and Janelle and Hannah, we, we got spinoffs off of this one already. Let's go to Rob. Rob, I'm looking at your statement number four. This intrigues me. Uh, taking the taking one more step into the topic, you say the biggest focus areas for augmented reality are data visualization and training. I alluded to this a little bit in my opening. Let's go do a deeper dive. Rob, you're up. Sure. So as you stated in the beginning, augmented reality is visually overlaying digital information or objects in the real world around you. So you retain the ability to see the world around you, which is vital when we talk about these use cases. So taking data visualization first, imagine you uh, work in an Amazon warehouse or a vertical farming facility. You can put on a set of glasses, walk down these different aisles and rows and get information in a vertical farming situation on temperature moisture. You can see how many nutrients are in that plant. You can understand if there's any potential issues that are arising by computer vision synthesizing and reviewing the droopage of the leaves that are there. You can get, if we 
pivot over to the warehouse example, I can see where my next seven pickups are, the quantity, the number of these things are, and increase efficiency. So really that data visualization part uh, is, is a combination of a lot of backend systems that are being able to be displayed on a real world, near real time uh, feed to, uh, to a headset that would look you know, in the future, like my glasses. Uh, when it comes to training, now not only can we do that uh, visualization factor in a very meaningful way, but we can train people on objects that are not actually around them. Let's say you're living in the US and you're gonna be taking a job on the hydrogen, colli uh, hydrogen collider, right? That object can't be moved to your physical location for you to train on. So why don't we make a digital copy of it and then drop it in front of you? And you can perform your standard operations of work very quickly and efficiently on a 3D model that would be traditionally extremely heavy to transport and ultimately reducing carbon emissions as well. So the, the use cases are, are unbounding and in, in across every single industry uh, from technology to products to manufacturing, B2B, there's a way use case shape and form for AR in those areas. Uh, the best part about this whole thing is that augmented reality has been scientifically proven to extend the understanding of a training experience by 80%. So you're able actually to retain the information that you go through a training experience for a longer period of time. And if you're training on something that is costly or potentially potentially hazardous to your health, that's what you need. I'm seeing a, an E word in there somewhere. I want to add excitement. This is exciting, isn't it? Exciting experiences. And, and great, you brought up that saving carbon, carbon emissions, <coughs> lots of benefits. Ofer, I'm going to ask you to agree or disagree with Rob Petrosino. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, <laughs> I think that uh, just to... Uh, double click on, on a few other use cases here with with vr is it really drops you into an experience instantly so if you're looking for that experience it's a it, obviously you know you have to design this this requires a lot of people um you know that, that i meet in vr they'll be trying to build things and they're what when you have you know a candy store of you know a smorgasbord of, of opportunities in vr to build to play to in 3d people sometimes have a sort of writer's block, a VR block, because they don't know how. They want to see, they want to get inspired. Either way, it's a new mode of creativity uh, that brings, that infuses our worlds with, um, you know, with, with great, um, um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a great new medium for, for communications that has not yet been explored. Uh, anyway, back to you. Thank you very much. Appreciate that. I love the excitement. Let's go around the table. Eric, you're next on this round. Yeah, so I, uh, I agree with Rob very much so. I think data visualization and training are some of the, the top two use cases, if you will. We're doing a ton in data, uh, data visualization, but we'll put that to the side for a moment because training is an area that, uh, in, in education overall, is an area that I think is going to be huge um, as Ofer, you know, mentioned earlier, you're really dropped into this experience and you can experience things that that you really couldn't do otherwise. I'm going to give you a couple of examples. Let's say you're, a, you know, a med student, right? And you're you're training on surgery on on a dummy, right? It's great. That dummy can only do certain, some num certain number of things. You know, you can you can learn how to suture. You can learn certain things. But if you have augmented reality goggles on and you've got situations occurring overlaid on top of that dummy you can still reach out touch it feel it 
but now you've got bleeds happening that are spontaneous on one side. You've got situations occurring that just you couldn't train for otherwise. Um, another example, let's, let's look at uh, our military or our uh, police force, right? Let's say they wanted to train for an active shooter event. Well, great, you can, you can take that SWAT team, put them in the middle of a giant um, warehouse with uh, virtual reality goggles on, and they can train in different situations every single time. It's not the same building they're going through over and over where they're, they naturally know what the wall is. They naturally know where the turn is. They have to really experience it for the first time as though they would in real life. Or our military going through and, and same thing, clearing houses, um, they have to experience it for the first time. And those that are training can change up the experience every single time they go through and make it different. That's invaluable. That's something that, uh, that I absolutely see happening in the future. Thank you very much. This was Rob's topic, Rob. And uh, Ofer, I put a topic in the chat for you for the next okay. one. Rob, why don't you wrap this one up for us? Yeah, what I'll say is everyone hit on uh, another E word, Bonnie, if you will, uh, which is efficiency. Training and data visualization drives efficiency, regardless of the use case location, individuals going through it. You can be fast, fun, and efficient uh, by going through these types of experiences. That's for sure. Thank you very much. Good topic starter. Let's go around the table. Ofer Barov, I'm looking at your statement number two. I'm going to read it for you and take your time, three minutes, expand it, unpack it, whatever you want to say. And then Eric, you'll be the first one to agree or disagree. And then Rob, here we go. If done right, Ofer says, metaverse meetings upgrade reality, increase productivity multiple fold. There's a good promise, Ofer. We can make it happen. Save energy and solve the costly problem of having so many physical twin duplicates for our living and workspaces. There's a lot in there to unpack. Ofer, take us through it, please. Yeah, so I, I believe Rob mentioned it earlier where there's a 80% improvement. Like, who's heard of that? <laughs> it's not like 15% or something, it's 80%. And I think that VR, AR, mixed reality has the capacity to really evolve us. Uh, you mentioned earlier, Bonnie, uh, sort of like laughingly about your super superpowers, but you, you already have those, right? That's how, that's our point of view. You have the superpowers, you just need access to them because, you know, we're human, we need tools, and this is a tool. Uh, but this one here upgrades us, you know, multiple folds. Uh, and it also saves a lot, you know, with, with the environment. Just the fact that, um, as I always tell people, you don't need a chemical meeting. Don't do it necessarily in a, in a chemical. Now, now, it doesn't mean that you don't get to do physical. I'm saying phys phys physical is the wrong word here, of course, right? Because you're, you get ph physics inside VR, uh, for example, right? Or, or AR, for that matter. Uh, so, so uh, but... Uh, yeah, it saves a lot. Uh, it saves the environment. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that have, and, and, and most importantly, really upgrades us as a society. I like that a lot. Thank you very much. What about saving energy? You're thinking of travel? Or are you thinking we back to carbon emissions? What are we What are we thinking about over there? I was yeah, intrigued in that. Yeah, absolutely. Just think, think about the energy that went into that massive building downtown. Uh, think about the energy to drive there or back. Now, of course, granted, you can do that on video, but the, the thing is on video, you don't get presence. You don't get to be with people. And we're human. We're not reduced to a laughable, you know, um, you know, you know, box, you know, on a screen. That's not us. We're, you know, we're meant to touch, uh, shake hands, for example. We're meant to to smile and be there. So there's a long way to go here until we get parody. 
but we're really we're, we're going there very fast that's what i think it's been mentioned here several times already up to here so th this is where people need to like perk up and remember we're, it's not like a a theory anymore it's being practiced right now there's thousands and thousands of, of of people using it right now um and so if you're not in there you should really reconsider <laughs> thank you very much appreciate that let's go around the table on this one eric you're sitting virtually next to over go ahead <laughs> so Look, if, if you exclude a lot of tech companies uh, that are out there, for the most part, uh, I think businesses are still operating very much in this in-person mode, right? Um, you know, travel to and from the site and, and flights to and from customer visits and sites, all that's super carbon intensive, right? And if, if COVID has taught us anything about our population, I think we can, can be flexible, right? We can be flexible in the way we work. Um, and, you know, if, if we are looking at technologies like this kind of the Ofer's point, if we can reduce travel and reduce our carbon footprint by using new technology, why not? Why would we not want to do that? Um, now, can AR and VR accomplish this to a large scale? I don't know yet. I think that as an avatar, I'm not as super excited about, about being in a meeting, but as my own physical person, I'm incredibly excited about being in a meeting. Right, um, you know, Zoom meetings are good. They 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 help. But I can imagine a day, as I kind of mentioned earlier, where I've got some lasers scanning me and understanding exactly what I look like and projecting me across the table, a virtual conference table from whoever I'm meeting with or working with or my team or whomever. And I look, I I, I can't wait for that day to happen. Absolutely, uh, I think one day it's going to happen may not be in the next couple of years, but I think one day it's going to happen. And when that happens, it is dramatically going to reduce our carbon footprint. Thank you very much. Rob, join us. Thoughts? Yeah, uh, tons of uh, thoughts and opinions. Uh, so first one is uh, we are in metaverse light on Zoom, right? What I like to say. So uh, incremental stage or foundational stage, but without all the interactivity and fun stuff that you can do in the metaverse. Um, I will say that... Uh, one-to-one -one digital twins of objects that are traditionally produced overseas that you can view in 360 degrees and augment and change and have a collaborative meeting around is fantastic. So designer reviews and these types of experiences really drive an incredible rate of efficiency, something that we were talking about a little bit, but those digital twinnings that Ofer talked about is, is great. And to Eric's point, Volumetric capture studios, 360 degree laser scans of the body to replicate a one-to-one -one dimensional uh, avatar of you. They're out now and they're being used. And I think that there's big, big movements uh, in that space and taking it out of the business world to have meetings and plugging it into something that's related to healthcare, where I can take my one-to-one -one copy of myself, all my electronic medical records and shipping that out uh, to every uh, international hospital and doctor that I want to. Uh, the, the use cases are boundless. Thank you. Very exciting. Ofer, this was your topic. Great starter for this part of the conversation. Anything you want to say back to your two colleagues on the panel, Ofer? No, I think I think it's fantastic. Uh, let's let's move on to some other topics. <laughs> okay, thank you very much. Eric, I've already put in statement number four from you into the chat for you. Let's go here. You say AR VR will transform how organizations look at and use data. I want to talk about data from 2D to more natural 3D environment. But where does data come into this? Eric, talk to us. Yeah, so thanks. So that that's this is actually a big reason why why uh, I'm investing in this technology today. Right. Um, if you 
if you think about the amount of data that's actually being created by humans, I, I think every one of us is creating something like 1.7 megabytes of data per second. Um, and you've heard the term, I'm sure everybody's heard the term data is the new oil. And it's, it's, it's absolutely essential to almost every business these days. Um, and anybody that has regularly worked with big data sets, right? And I've got big data sets, I'm, they're, they're fast, they're huge. Um, machine learning models and, and things like that. In some cases, they take hours and hours just for a system to open, let alone try to visualize it. You can't get your arms around it. Um, and being able to massage and understand that data on our traditional 2D medium, you know, your screens, your keyboards, your, your mouse, it's just not, it's, it's not efficient in any way, shape or form. So again, I go back to this, one of the statements I made earlier, how can we use this new medium? How can we be creative and kind of reimagine how we interact with our data in the actual 3D space, right? I want to make interacting with our data as easy as picking up this pen. So can I use my hands to work with my data, not necessarily my keyboard? Can I envision a data pipeline that is maybe 3000 steps long and I can see it in my entire environment and be immersed in it and understand where we have problems in our data pipeline? Reach out, grab uh, you know, a, a pipeline and put more data into it. Are there new ways that we can interact with data? Um, and my, my, my simple answer is absolutely. And give us a couple of years and, and you're gonna be surprised by what you see. That is exciting. That just, wow, that was very interesting. Be able to reach the pipeline, put the data in, whatever representation that is in 3D. Wow, let's go around the table. Uh, I'm not sure if there's any controversy in there, but there certainly are some interesting predictions in there. Rob, comments on what Eric just said. Yeah, um, when it comes to data and the visualization of data and portraying it in AR and VR, I think one of the greatest accomplishments of a very good, well-designed experience that's interactive is being able to communicate a story. Um, for someone that's non-technical or someone who isn't exactly uh, familiar with the topic at hand, if I can visually represent this data and information as actionable and being able to be interacted with to further the story that I'm telling, hey, this is why we need uh, to build out our cloud infrastructure for X, or hey, this is why we need a new manufacturing facility with a connected IoT data, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're able to tell that story, fortify its concepts, and deliver meaningful impact. And I think uh, Eric's right on with that. Very interesting. Ofer, join us. Agree or disagree with either or both? Yeah, I mean, so far we're all disagreeing. I mean, sorry, we're, we're all agreeing. <laughs> I think about 100%. Look, th there's a lot of things to remember here. We're upgrading the environment, right? So it, if, if you're not, like, if you heard any of these amazing examples that were given and just in your vertical, it didn't wow you, it just means that you need to get a little bit more imaginative about your area that you, you're good at. But, you know, the, the thinking here is how can I upgrade my environment uh, so that I am constantly living in superhuman uh, territory and how do I maximize my potential? I think VR has that capacity. I think it's been said very well here by Eric and Rob. Thank you. Eric, this was yours. Anything you want to say back? No, I, I, I just want to give you one example, right? Yeah, um, I think uh, when we started looking at how can we kind of re-envision working with our data, one of the things that we looked at early on was a very large microservice model in virtual reality. 
And we looked at it and said, okay, well, this is really difficult to understand in this little space. Let's put it in 3D. Let's put it in uh, in in the actual world in, in VR. And I got to say, when when most people put the headsets on and were dropped in the middle of that, their first statement was, wow, wow, before they did anything else. And that's the experience that we're talking about. That's what we're looking at is, okay, now you get it. Until you try it, you don't get it. And now you understand what we talk, what, what I'm talking about when I say we're going to reimagine how we're working with our data. Thank you. And, and I want to add something before, Rob, I've got the next statement in the chat for you. Uh, my question is different. We've heard in the past couple of years that there are now five demographic cohorts working side by side. This is before COVID in the office. Now it may be virtually, okay? Whoever is, isn't in the office, whatever your presence environment is. Oh, I think I created a new phrase, your presence environment. You like that, Rob, like that. Thank you. Uh, the point is different parts of those populations with different experiences will experience AR VR differently than others. How do you train them? How do you say, Eric, how do you say to somebody who's been in the workforce maybe 35 years, you're going to love this. You may not know, but you're going to love this. This is going to be a wow, but maybe they're scared. Maybe they can't, maybe they can't do it. There is, there is some motion sensitivity to some of these environments. I've experienced that where I've said to somebody, I'm following a friend in, in some of these environments. I said, oh, I'm getting dizzy. No, I can't do that. And I'll just click off my headset and I'm out of there. Uh, so there is, there are some, I wouldn't say pitfalls, but there are some barriers to acceptance. And that could be a whole other topic of how do you bring your workforce on board when the company says, guess what, kids, this is where we're going. And people say, I don't know, I've heard I, I might get dizzy, I might get nauseous, maybe I don't like it, maybe I won't be able to walk across the room, I'll be dizzy when I'm done. That happened in the beginning too. And virtual checkers is a blast, I'll tell you. Anyway, let's move on. <laughs> oh, I've, I've done a lot. Rob, I'm looking at your statement number three. Let's go here. We have just time for one more. Let's make this really a good one. You say mass market adoption of head-mounted displays is less than one year away for enterprises. In five years, tech will be in consumers' hands. But let's talk about the enterprise. Less than one year, head-mounted displays. What are we talking about? Rob? Yeah, so uh, when I use head-mounted displays, I'm using it for both VR and AR. Uh, I think that uh, VR has already impacted we've seen use cases from walmart to you know everyone underneath the sun doing uh, virtual reality training uh when i'm thinking head mounted displays i'm specifically in in the ar use case magic leap 2 is out right it is being published magic leap is probably one of if not the uh, largest providers for augmented reality head mounted displays uh, i've tested the unit i've built for the unit it's absolutely fantastic um one of the oldest cruxes for augmented reality for something that's head mounted is field of view, right? Being able to see the digital objects in the field that you actually perceive as a human now, right? We have 180 degrees, give or take. Tom Brady's got like 185 field of view, which is fantastic. So of us a little bit less, but knowing that uh, these are not quite as good as that, but still extremely wide. So being able to have that, being able to have the processing power, the memory, the, the dongles that can tie into it for 5G, et cetera, all of these things are, are spinning very, very quickly. So I think that we are less than a year away. I think that manufacturing lines, I think pick and pack, I think uh, warehouse workers, vertical farming, these very, uh, you know, uh, incremental kind of gains will be there and then will be uh, mass market and it was huge, huge, huge adoption across the board. So I, I think we are less than years away. 
Exciting, exciting, exciting. 90 seconds. Ofer, comment on Rob, and then Eric will wrap it up. Ofer, go ahead. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I had a little tug of war in my head while Rob was talking about uh, what he, he was mentioning, that, you know, that, that Enterprise is, is it, 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 if I heard this right, that there's a, sh a shot here that Enterprise is ahead of, of consumer, consumer will catch on. Did I understand that right? Yeah. So, so I, I, there's two ways to look at it, right? In terms of absolute numbers, consumers are like light years ahead right now, right? I mean, absolute numbers, willing to bet that enterprise use case here is maybe a few hundred thousand users and uh, consumer uh, is probably over 25 million at this point, right? And it's growing fast, all right. But it's true that that the enterprise is ahead if you're looking at it from a sales perspective, right? Just think about the military drop that Microsoft had with uh, Hololens, right? That's like twenty-two billion dollars. That's that that far eclipses uh, anything on the consumer side. The consumer is, um, at, I don't know, maybe four or five billion right now if you count everything all together. <laughs> So different ways to, to look at it. I think it's uh, maybe, hopefully that maybe added uh, to the conversation. Thank you very much. We like provocative. Eric, you get the last word, and then we're going to wrap up. We've got three minutes till I have to close. Go ahead, Eric. Yeah, so Ofer almost took the words out of my mouth. I was actually going to disagree with Rob on this one a little bit because I, I do think the technology has flipped a little bit. I think, uh, you know, in the next year, yeah, we're going to have mass adoption of, of, of consumers. And I think we're already starting to see that, right? If you look at, at the Oculus 2, the price point for that has come down so much. The wires have gone away. We've started to improve the technology overall, not just for that one headset, but across the board and make it more accessible to the consumer. And there's so many more consumer use cases out there than businesses. Now, long-term, I think businesses are going to eclipse it, but I think I think that's probably more in the five-year horizon. So if it was me, I, I probably would have flipped those two and said that uh, consumers are near-term for mass adoption, um, if not already, and uh, enterprises are, are kind of in the four to five-year timeframe. Thank you very much. Rob, this was yours. How'd you like the controversy you started with two minutes left to the show? Go ahead, wrap it up. Uh, I'm okay with it. Uh, one thing that I will uh, rebuttal with is uh, the next generation of VR will be pass-through augmented reality where you got 4K, 8K cameras on the outside of it and a screen in front of your face. So you get the best of both worlds. Uh, so I think everyone wins in the short run here. And I want to know when it's not going to be skull crushing, hair obliterating, when you're not going to get itchy all over your forehead and have to move the strap and take it off in the middle of a session. I want to know when it's going to be more comfortable. That would be my goal for mass adoption, even in the enterprise where people go to work or they're home and they look a certain way. They don't want to look like they've been put through a ringer. Eric, one second. Go ahead. Uh, I was going to say they already have uh, prototypes of goggles that, that look like Rob's, Rob's glasses. And I've also seen prototypes of contact lenses that you put in and you don't even realize you're wearing or others don't even realize you're wearing them. So oh, yeah. those things, getting rid of the skull crushing, uh, you know, VR headsets, that's coming. Absolutely. Okay. I would like those contacts. Although my eye provider said you can't wear contacts anymore, but I, I would, I would go and do the health risk for that. Just for that. That would be fun. I'm, I'm enjoying my headset a lot, by the way. Can't wait to have to change the batteries. And I changed it so that I don't need the two handsets. You can use your fingers. You can set it up. So your hands are the pointers and you can get everything done with your fingers virtually instead of having to hold the two trigger devices. Very interesting. I want to thank the three of you. This has been most enjoyable, enlightening. Uh, I appreciate there were a lot of a lot of futurist stuff going on here and that's what we were looking for i don't have time to ask the question i wanted to ask which is 
if we met one year from today, would we still be talking about this the same way? And maybe that's a part two. Stephanie, do you hear me? Part two, bring them back. Okay. Eric Anderson, thank you so much. Rob Petrosina, thank you so much. Don't go away. We'll chat after Oprah Baharab. Thank you so much. And a shout out to Janelle Along Akabana. Thank you so much, Janelle. She was the first one on Zoom with me and we got a chance to say hello. Stephanie Grubbs, I am enjoying working with you so much. And Hannah Cho, the lady on the train with the mask that we all thought was just gorgeous. I didn't say why. Appreciate that. Hannah's always here while she's taking Caltrain, and we appreciate her sharing her commute with us in the background. I want to thank Gabe, our engineer at Voice America Radio, the business channel, Aaron Keller, who is now a director of, I think, technical operations. I can't keep track of his his. Uh, of his titles here. We are going to say goodbye to LinkedIn. Everybody wave goodbye. We're going to say goodbye to Voice America and when we're out, Bonnie D signing off. Thank you for listening to The Savvy Innovators, presented by BMC Software. Be sure to join host Bonnie D. Graham on Tuesdays at 7 a.m. Pacific, 10 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. You may start small, but start today. Where will your innovation journey begin? Reach out to BMC Innovation Labs at www.bmc.com to chart your digital transformation course. 